from MZ Studios in Dallas, Texas, you're listening to the Tennis Revolution Podcast. We did it. We did it. <laughs> we made it this far? No. Oh. For the last two weeks, we have averaged, averaged one new Instagram follower per <laughs> week for the last two weeks. So how many more years do we have to do that? It's funny you say that. <laughs> so at this rate, to get to the level of a, a Kardashian, oh how God. many... Well, how many weeks does it take to get to like what are they at eight million for the Probably, kardashians at least i think we need more butt shots of you i think uh, we're gonna be dead and the all the people that are following now will be dead did you just skip over my butt shot um <laughs> because ultimately that might want to drive the followers away yeah so we're at 122 which is thousand you know, 146 million <laughs> is Kim Kardashian. 146 million people. That is awful. Which is why she gets like hundreds of thousands for every post, I think. Does she? Oh, yeah. Well, if she, especially if it's like a product post. like So we're having to pay I for wore <laughs> all of our posts. She's like, I wore this today or whatever. That's why we don't post because it costs us like 15 cents per post. <laughs> oh, that's ridiculous. I don't even find her highly attractive. Well, I can't disagree with that, but or I can't agree with that. You can't? And see, Kylie's got 144.8, so she's a little... You know, that's a source of contention, I'm sure. Well, but she's younger, isn't she? Oh, yeah. Is she? But I just mean you know that, that that's a that's something they're talking about. Oh, my God. We're talking about the Kardashians. What are we doing? Is that <laughs> On a U.S. Desperate? Open week, we're talking about Kardashians. Well, Kanye will be there, won't he, at the old <laughs> U.S. Open? No, maybe? In the, in the Trump box. <laughs> maybe <laughs> i don't know so anyway oh and I, will ferrell and alec baldwin every year that's how we got on it because we are f- followers okay so what is 100 and what was it did i say 146 so 146 million minus 122 <laughs> not million just 122 <laughs> whatever that is so if we get if we average one a week yeah not 146 million what, uh, days weeks <laughs> How many weeks are in 146 million? That's what I want to know. Yeah. It's, Honestly, I don't, I don't want that many because I even forget I have Instagram sometimes. <laughs> and like, I'll, I'll be watching TV or something and somebody will talk about their Instagram. I'm like, eh, I wish I had Instagram so I could take a look at what they're talking about on TV. Oh, wait, I do have an Instagram, but I don't care. Well, I know it's going to be funny is just like everything there is a time where that's going to be gone. Not that there's probably a time where this podcast will be gone too, but no, no one's going to ever, no one's talking about how many MySpace followers they had in the nineties. Unfortunately. 90s. Uh, uh, yeah, why not? So that's we should have done edge. this podcast on MySpace. <laughs> so anyway, so we're up to 122. Now here's the key. Guess who the number one lucky 122 follower was. Jack sock. <laughs> <laughs> If Jack Fox, if Jack Sock <laughs> follows us, what are we going to do? <laughs> that is a cause. That would be a cause he, for celebration. If he, if he follows us, I'm really going to question his uh, ability. 
If he's following us. I might shut the podcast down. <laughs> so, um, no, number 122 is somewhat significant, and I'll tell you why. It is, I'll read it. This is the, at the, you know, what do you call it? The handle? Oh, is yeah. that what it's called? Probably. At the net podcast. It kind of looks like Athenianini podcast, but it's <laughs> at the net podcast. Some local friends of ours uh, have jumped into the podcast game. And you know what? I decided, hey, I'm not going to slash their tires. I'm not going to break <laughs> windows and steal their microphones. Right. No. One thing I learned a long time ago, particularly in this sport, in this business, is that it's everybody's responsibility in this game to do what they can to grow the game. And so with that being said, at the net podcast is jumping in, into that foray, foray in, for, for yeah. a, what does that mean? For I don't a, know. Yeah. They didn't give us a chance to talk them out of it. Yeah. Just ask us. <laughs> Believe me, I would have talked you right out of it. But, uh, but yeah, so go find them. I don't even know where to find our podcast, <laughs> but I'm assuming you'll find theirs in, in a lot of the same places right. like iTunes and you whatnot. Just Google everything. That's just Google it. The solution. That's what's kind of funny because I bet with all the talk we do of where to find stuff, people just Google it and that's the end of it. They don't pay attention to what the details we tell about where to get it. They just Google it probably. I think podcasters are different. Yeah. Because podcast listeners, podcast listeners, because it's either you've never heard of a podcast or you listen to 17. That's true. If you already have some you listen to, then you're just going to use that forum. Which is why it's odd. You've heard of podcasting, but you don't listen to one. <laughs> Not one. In, in, in particular, this one. No. I listen to it every week. I say this, say that line every time. <laughs> I hate you more and more every time you say it. I, no, I'm not being funny. Listen, listen, listen. I'm grabbing the microphone with two hands. Pretending it's I my throat. I hate you. All right. Is that clear? Make sure that recorded properly. I hear it weekly. I'm the most avid listener we have. I hear it every week. You're tied with me. That's right. Although you might have done more solo episodes not counting prior to you showing up, but since you've been here, I think I've done two and you've done one. Ooh, wee, <laughs> which is not a positive. No, those are miserable. <laughs> those are miserable. And everybody that knows me is like, oh, you shouldn't have a problem talking for an hour. I'm like, trust me, when you've got nobody pretending to laugh or <laughs> reacting to anything you're saying, it's and a you lot don't harder. know anything <laughs> at all. Of and you don't do any preparation, so that makes it even worse. Oh boy, oh boy. So anyway, I don't know what that has to do with the U.S. Open preview, but <laughs> I just wanted to give a shout out, shout out to uh, at the net podcast. Check them out on things that you check out podcasts <laughs> on. Um, and by the way, feel free to download ours too. Which actually, maybe you haven't. Maybe somebody shared this with you, and you thought, "Wow, I sure would like to know where to find it." Hey, me too. Um, just but, spend thirty seconds and click on every individual episode. You know, since we started. Just as a little favor. It'll take you it'll take you about eleven minutes total if you go through the entirety of what's available. <laughs> Download, delete. Download, yeah. delete. That's all you gotta do. D D D D D D from the bottom all the way to the top. That would be greatly and then go to every phone you see and do the same thing. <laughs> They'll never know. They'll right. never know. Right. I found I heard I found out a great trick on on uh, Twitter. Yeah. If you've got somebody following you. You can block them and unblock them like immediately. Boom, boom. They'll never see it, but they won't be following you anymore. Hmm. Well, why don't you? Why wouldn't you just leave them blocked? 
because you may not want to block them. You just don't want them following you. I see. So my Twitter account has zero followers. My my personal. <laughs> right. And I just, I don't have it. I don't really send out anything and I don't want people to follow me anyway. Right. It's none of your business what I'm doing on the public social media, the, <laughs> the media that the entire society you have the That's sees. our whole problem. You have the opposite philosophy of everybody <laughs> in social media. Yeah, exactly. But they're posting every meal they have. And right. Every time they go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. So anyway, all right, you ready to be productive? Yeah. Well, why start now? Is there something important tomorrow? No. <laughs> no, kids day's over today, so it's... That's right. No, I... This is... And, you know, I feel like I'm sometimes a negative on this podcast, but this is the most exciting I've been in a while, I've been in a while for the early rounds of a slam. There's a lot of interesting matchups, which we don't get that often. Where do you want to go, men or women first? We have to go with the women because of the opening match that everybody's oh, going to be talking about. Osaka Blinkova? <laughs> All right. So women's uh, U.S. Open 2019. I wish we had a drum roll. If our <laughs> producer would finish out his new studio that we're in and allow us to hook up my computer with all my sound effects. Did you tell him not to? Is that, is that what, I just thought <laughs> I'm about paying that him just off now. every week. That, you know how many drop man, I got so many drops available. I, that's all I've been doing since this new studio. I've just been adding drops since we <laughs> haven't been able to plug my laptop in in this new studio. I have nothing else to do. So I just all kinds of clips and fun stuff. Yeah. I'm, I think I'm just going to start adding music too. And if they sue us, they sue us. <laughs> so, all right. So the big V match of the first round, some would say, and I wouldn't because I don't think it's going to be a match. Everyone's saying that I, I'm, I'm super excited about it. And everybody's like, no, oh, it's not going to be good. Um, what happened last time they were scheduled to play? I don't remember. <laughs> it's because they didn't actually play, right? Or they didn't finish, at least. They didn't start. Yeah. Um, I'm worried that's the case for this one. We did have back spasms last time Serena was on court. And, what? of course, you know, Sharapova is a crack addict or whatever drug she takes. Well, I think the, the part that's probably the most accurate is that the odds of it being a good match are pretty slim. If Serena's hurt, she either doesn't play or she loses quickly. And if Sharapova is not on her game, she could lose quickly. The odds of it being a three-set, you know, classic are pretty slim. It could be a three-setter of awfulness. Right. So, like, the, but the only way that'll happen is if Serena feels good at the beginning, blows through the first set, right? then feels a little tweaky-tweaky, and tries to work it out through that second set, and if she feels like, oh, I lost the second set, but I'm starting to, okay, I'm starting to loosen up, or the trainer comes out, and then, you know, and then they go into a third set. But it could still be awful tennis all the way through three sets. Right. Well, and take the injury aspects out of it for a second. Uh, to me, it's interesting because Serena's beaten her 18 times in a row and Sharapova's 22 and 0 in night matches. Do, do these stats, either of those stats matter? No. Well, I would say. No, no, yeah, the, the Serena's. Right. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. That stat I matters you way may, more. I thought, you, I, I thought you were going with the logical direction, which something's got to give. Right. You know, do, do those two numbers clashing mean anything? And the answer is no, because Serena will beat her. In a parking lot, <laughs> you know, in the back seat of you know a seventy-eight Buick. Well, I remember last year, Sharapova was twenty-one and zero, but she was also five and zero against Halep, and she beat her. So that wasn't the same situation. She had the right mental edge on her already. 
Yeah. And if then we, the night match. If we had a fantastic staff here and not you, um, <laughs> you would have all the stats on all the players you played at night. Uh, yeah, well, we know they weren't good, most it's, of them. Right, exactly. But Serena may not be good. Listen, right now. let me tell you something. There's a reason the beginning of this podcast, the, in the history of the beginning of this podcast, I would shout out to Maria. Because she used to be something. <laughs> she used to be something. I mean, she's going to be a Hall of Famer, for right. sure. Like, unequivocally. I mean, she's better than Roddick. I mean, not head-to-head. Let's see <laughs> two podcasts ago. All right. right. Um, you know, she's got better, you know, stats than any man in this era. Right. Except Besides the, the obvious. Yeah, so all the, like, Delpos and stuff, she's done way more than they have. Oh, yeah. Number one in the world, five Grand Slams, I think. Yeah, and plus she started. Career Grand Slam. So early. Yeah. Well, but what I, and my whole thing is, could you come up with any, if you got to handpick two players, obviously one's got to be seated, one's got to be unseated. Could you have picked a bigger draw of a match than these two? And I don't think you could. I Okay, so Serena as the seated. Right. And that chair umpire as the unseated. <laughs> Uh, I, I just watched that backstory. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, I didn't. Here's why I there was didn't. no need to. Well, here's why I didn't. Don't tell me anything. <laughs> I want to watch it. And if it's worth talking about, I want to do it. I don't want to taint the U.S. Open. I want Serena's U.S. Open in 2019 to stand <laughs> on its own. I was going to say the problem is by then we're going to have three more incidents of hers to talk about. Well, then it'll be in more context. <laughs> and It'll be worth talking about. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it could have been Serena versus Venus, which everybody would have been jumping up and down about. Uh, I wouldn't have cared. No, that wouldn't have been. Listen, this at least. All right. So the Williams Sharapova. Uh, I don't I don't know what the the word I should be using is, but it's not rivalry. But whatever the word that means rivalry, except no one. <laughs> one of the person, right. one of the players never wins. Like the, the Roddick Federer rivalry. Right. Although he did beat him. Yeah. You know, but anyway, so. Whatever that word is. At least it's a natural, organic situation, uh, you know, as, as opposed to anybody playing Kyrgios or anybody, right. you know, that sort of train wreck versus this train wreck. I think the Serena Sharapova train wreck is a naturally occurring train wreck. And so I think people are hyped up legitimately. Well, and what I always love about slams is we've talked about this where consistently I'll be, we'll be three, four days into a slam and I'll see somebody and I'll say, oh, the U.S. Open started. Well, this immediately, everybody's going to know about it. Right. Know that it's starting. They're I hope. all be into it in theory. So then same with last year, even Sharapova and Halep, that was a big deal. Uh, and we had Federer Tiafo, that five-setter. So I like when there's a feature. The worst case scenario would be if, if Serena or one of them dropped out beforehand. That would be, that would be horrible. Um, that would be bad. And I'll be honest with you. Either one... The, all right, so the only way I think Serena gets smoked is she's got injury issues. Right. Or not even injured, but just tweaked, and she's not feeling good. But I don't think she would finish the match. Right. And I don't think she would start it if she had. unless I mean, obviously something can happen during the match, but right. I don't think she would start it if she didn't think she could finish it just because it's Sharapova. Yeah, well, exactly. And then, and then um, I think for sure we could end up with... Sharapova getting smoked. Yeah. And that wouldn't be good either. But the bottom line is that it, this is an organic, 
you know, uh, situation. And so in that regard, quote unquote, controversy, I think it's good for the game in this regard. Whereas I don't think the curious thing is. Yeah. So you're saying it should be Serena versus Sharapova with Ramos as the referee would make it even better. Like a, like a WWF, uh, my question, special is guest referee. When is the, when is the line judge that she was going to shove the ball down? Her throat? <laughs> when is she going to get promoted to be in a chair? That's what I want. She retired. See. She was traumatized after that match and never came back. No, I've seen her. I want her in the chair for the final, but Serena won't be in the final. Oh, you heard me. Uh-oh. Um, but don't worry. She'll be in the second round. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yes, I hear what you're saying. It's great. I think it's great for the U S open 2019. And the number one reason I think it's great is because it's organic. It's legitimate. It's real. And it's not just Jerry Springer. Well, and think about for these Grand Slams, all they care about is the casual fan. They know they have the hardcore fans. Well, a casual fan doesn't know that Sharapova's sucked for the last three years, probably. They probably just say, oh, man, Sharapova's playing? That's yeah. going to be awesome. Right. They've They're, seen her Instagram or whatever. And, and they know who she is from name recognition. Right. So, I mean, I just I don't think there's any matchup that could have been better for a first round. So, if you were going to say that it was fixed, it would be for that reason, not to screw Serena. Because I said, how, you know, can, how are you screwing Serena by un- putting her against someone she's beaten 18 times in a row? Well, unfortunately, as always, we have ruined our chemistry by getting on the phone. <laughs> it's your fault. You answered the phone for once in your life. Which is against everything I stand for. And, and believe me, it's not for the betterment of this show. <laughs> I, that's for sure. Um, but we got on the phone and you made... Uh, Surprisingly, a good point. All my best points are off air. Yes, clearly. <laughs> um, and that is that, you know, Twitter, tennis Twitter, um, I wouldn't say it exploded with this, but it, there was some leanings towards the fact that, oh, the draw's fixed because of this. And and they mean, what they mean is that it's not good for Serena. And I'm like, Wait until the day after this match and tell me who it's good for. Right. I'm pretty sure it's good for uh, not good for Sharapova. But you know what we talked about that was funny because when I first saw it, I thought, man, what a bad draw for Serena. So I had that, and I'm not saying the Twitter tennis Twitter is uninformed, but then I thought about it. And I, the line I told you, I said, if you gave any player the option to have your first round opponent be someone you've beaten 18 times in a row, they would all choose that any time. So to me, that right that should be the best. But now, obviously, there's probably some qualifiers that are not really, you know, good enough to be in the draw, wild cards, and things like that. But in terms of someone you've actually played before, how could Serena get a better draw? Yeah, uh, the only thing that would make it a bad draw if is if she's not sure she can go and she'll just pull the ripcord because right. she's not losing to this broad. Yeah, uh, that was her words, not mine. <laughs> uh, that's going to be her words, not mine. Um, but if she was playing somebody else, like if she was playing Andreescu again, you know, right. or something like that, yeah, it'd be like she would get out there and try to give it a whirl because of the good of the game and all that. But yeah, I don't, I don't think she'd do that for old Maria. <laughs> I, I can't wait to see it. I, I was hoping it was going to be day one instead of day two, and it was. Um, and then day two's lineup already looked at, and it's not not so interesting. So that I like that it just gonna, is going to get rolling right away. Yeah, grab them early. Um and. Of course, they'll do their little concert. I haven't heard who that's going to be. That's always boring as hell. But again, it's about getting the casual fans interested as opposed to the tennis fans that we know are going to watch no matter what. Right. Well, and and for the tennis fans, though, 
like I said, it provides us with that level of curiousness without the fakeness, without right. the emptiness of the situation. Because he's just a baby all by himself <laughs> and just running through causing trouble. Whereas this is a real, ri- again, rivalry, not competitively, but like head to head between the two two people. Well, and you know who the feature match is on Louis Armstrong while Maria and Serena are playing. Who could it be? Curios. Oh, baby. So they're putting a lot of faith that he's going to draw a big audience. Um, We're not talking about the men yet. You so that'll be interesting um, to see if that happens or not. So that is by far the number one first round yeah, on the women's side. But either side. On either side, okay. Again, we're only talking about you are the worst. <laughs> what about you're not you're not uh, looking forward to the Bouchard Sevastova? Bouchard getting her revenge on the USTA is Bouchard playing? <laughs> then I'm interested. Well, she, yeah, exactly. Is she in a bikini? <laughs> no, no. And by the way, that's not a sexist comment. That's because she sucks at tennis. <laughs> no, it's because she spends more of her time in a bikini than she does practicing tennis apparently well but i mean what i mean is you wouldn't say that about wozniacki because she could actually win a match like you're not right. saying it and because she's, right 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 and she's smoking hot too so it wouldn't yeah. be yeah so that is comparing apples to apples <laughs> no pun intended <laughs> um yeah exactly yeah i mean there's other in normal circumstances these other men like kenan and vandaway is a great match first round and that 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 would probably be the one we're talking about more if uh, this Serena Sharapova wasn't happening, yeah, that's a pretty interesting match. Obviously, Coco's playing. I don't know what to think about her. Well, it'll be interesting. I mean, this is quite a large stage. It's her home country, her home slam. Um, and she's playing someone she people are going to be expecting her to beat, which is not necessarily the best thing. Well, and it's also after now we know who she is. So it's not, it's not uh, you're kind of coming out of nowhere and just kind of riding the wave of excitement like she did, um, you know, this past two months. Well, as a matter of fact, the girl she's playing, if she was American, she would have been a big story because she beat Kerber, I think, the first round of the Australian. Mm, that's and it not was always like, indicative. Uh, <laughs> Kerber's so up and down. No, but I mean, imagine if a you know teenage American beat the defending champion of the first round of a slam. It would have been international news only on paper so i think that well yeah and kerber was kind of fading at that point well everybody's losing after right. defending it you know but i mean because this girl's like an up-and-coming teenager it's interesting that right she probably has better you know results than coco does so we'll see i don't think it's going to be an easy win by any means so one thing we certainly don't like to do is make predictions so I'm going to flip it a little bit. <laughs> There's no chance we're going to go through this draw and point out who's playing who and who's going to win. First of all, everybody would turn it off if right. you haven't already. And but, I got an email today trying to get me to fill out some bracket for right. free wristbands or something. I was like, I don't hey, want to win wristbands. that bad. But I, I've got a little twist maybe we can try. All right. So 128 draw. Right? Have you heard of that before? <laughs> yes. And there's 32, for some ungodly reason, they have 32 seeds. Right. Because we don't want any interesting early round matches. So who, so out of those 32, I think we're going to pick 
our starting with our number one lock. I'll pick a lock. You pick a lock. And we can't pick the same people. No, no, we can if we oh, want, okay. but we're going to do it secretly, like not secretly, but like I'll pick, <laughs> I'll just trust you if you said, oh, I picked, you know, soccer first. Okay. And then we'll do our next one and next one and next one. And then we'll just see, we'll do like five maybe and see right. who gets the most right. Because in terms of who goes the farthest or who gets the most out of those foot. Fo- no, no, no. First round. Oh, first round. First locks. round lock. Oh, I see. Because. I got news for you. The number one seed is not a first round lock. I'm serious. I mean, it's like you got. It's not that easy to find locks in the women. You have 32 seeds. All right. Let's just. So normally somebody would say, oh, the one seed. Osaka. Is she a lock? Nope. I don't care who she's playing. Blinkova. Never heard of her. And we've done stuff like this before. And sometimes people will pick the person playing the worst opponent as opposed to picking sure. the seed. Right. Now you might play somebody, pick somebody playing a wild card, you know, because you think they got a better chance. I mean, yeah, you've got like the 23 seed, Donna Vekic playing a qualifier. To right. me, that's, I would put more money on that than I would Osaka right. getting through against Blinkova. Yeah. Or so how about Svitolina at the five? <laughs> that's getting, who I was just looking at. Bidding, getting past the wild card, Whitney. Osigwe. Osigwe. Yeah, there it is. Osigwe. <laughs> Um, young American, I, it, it's a tricky one. So we'll kind of look at that. I have nothing to write anything down with. So we're just going to have to wing it. Yeah, that's okay. We didn't plan anything. No. Why would we? (laughs) All right. So I'm going to look through here. You're going to take a look through. Have you already been looking? Yeah, I've at least got my number one. All right. So I am going to take, all right, I'm, I'm going to put it down here, right here. I'm writing it down. So. Corey one. Well, I'll just put one. I'll, yeah, I'll just put. There you go. I got it. I got it. Don't worry about it. I got well, it. You know that's why the tennis channel stopped doing those knockout pools because all the commentators were knocked out after two days. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you only had to pick one. And then they changed it where they picked every day, even if no matter what. Out of the right, and they just kept score. So here's my. You got your first one. Mm-hmm. All right. Here's my first one. Bianca Andreescu. Oh, I like that. Against an American. I have no faith. <laughs> well, and I was just about to say, I've got my pick, although I have no idea what her health status is, but I'm picking her anyway, which is Halep. And Never. she's playing Nicole Gibbs, who I love, but she doesn't have the best uh, well, ranking. Well, listen, she's coming back from cancer, you animal. <laughs> and she's, she just had a win over somebody. Um, no, I don't know. But I can't see Halep losing... That's a good pick. That early. That's a good pick. And against this opponent. I almost think we should it should be weighted on who picks the high like you should get more <laughs> bang for your buck. Or I should for picking a lower one, I yeah. guess. But we're not gonna do that. All right. You got you're gonna go first this time. All right, you want me to go first? Mm-hmm. I'm you already stole my thunder. I'm gonna take uh, Svitolina. Whoa. Anti American two, two anyone? Two, Anti American. You're the worst. <laughs> All right. This person is back with their coach. Oh. Which, under the tutelage of said coach, won the U.S. Open. Oh. I'm going Sloan Stevens over a qualifier. Did they just get back together? This mm-hmm. Wow, I didn't even know that. And he bounced. Bounced. Um, what's her name from Puerto Rico? Puig. <laughs> no. Um, it, not, is it Monica? She's Puerto Rican, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. 
not nice. Not very nice. An Olympic gold medalist. How could he do that? All right. Who was your who was yours again? Uh, Svitolina. I'm going to tell you, you took a risk early. <laughs> you took a you took a risk early. I know she, you know, but whatever. All right. So you went first that time. Yeah. All right, I'm going first this time because I'm awesome. Hang on. I'm writing on my phone. Got to keep it's these. Not in like order. We have this on record or anything on audio. I'm telling you. <laughs> I, so keep in mind that we're going to figure out a system to weight lower seeds more. And why don't y'all tweet your five to us before the tournament starts? Don't be cheating like my players do and send it to me Monday afternoon. <laughs> oh no! After I the draws it. already started. All right. Um, now you, you could go. Muguruza? No, not doing that. Um, you could go... She has a tough first round match. Yes, she does against Risk. You got Sakari, who's got Camilla Georgie, who was up a set in the finals and lost. Ouch. Um, every time every time that uh, she was playing, I, every time I turned the TV on, she was playing, it seemed like, all week. Yeah. Um, I mean, the two seed, you got Ash Barty playing uh, Dias, Dias, whatever, from Kazakhstan. Oh, man, I'm going to, again, again, I think uh, we're going to wait <laughs> the, you know, the, the picks based on, you know, the, the lower the seeds, a 32 gets you more points than picking a one. So we'll go back and we you won't were go. the one that said the seeding didn't matter. No, but uh, yeah, but you're right. Whatever. <laughs> but here's the good news. We're not actually going to go back right. and do anything <laughs> or give any reward for being accurate. Right. So anyway, um, all right. So this is a dicey one. This is a dicey one, but I have to do it. I have to do it because I've been selling her all summer. Number 16, Joanna Kanta over Daria Kazatkina or Kazatkina. I believe you because Kazatkina is on my fantasy team and hasn't won anything all year. So I can't argue with that. Well, of course you can't because I'm brilliant. (laughs) And I'm not repeating this round, but we can repeat or we can't. What do you mean? You can say anyone I said. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to do that this round, but at some point. I'm no, gonna well, this s- is over after the first round because it's going to no, be No, I know. Disaster. I'm saying this pick I'm not going to repeat. Oh, I see. Um, I'm going to say who I already talked about. Sevastova. Can't see Bouchard beating the number 12 player in the world in a Grand Slam match, especially where she was traumatized and her career was ruined at the USTA National Tennis Center. And so that's your third pick. Even though I don't have that much faith in her. Yeah, why would you? As a player. Why would you? Uh, I'm going to stay away from Kerber. She's playing Mladenovic, who's been playing much better this year. Oh, goodness. It's getting... Uh, <laughs> I mean, How crazy is that that it's hard to pick after three? So... Which, again, we say is a positive... Really, I guess if you if I pick the number one seed and get it right, I shouldn't get that much credit. If right. I pick the thirty two seed and get it right, I should get more. Yeah. But if you pick the one and get it wrong, it should hurt you more <laughs> than if I get the thirty two wrong. Right. Right. Yeah. All right. This is a great game. This this should replace all racket bracket challenges on Tennis Channel. Well, it's sort of like when they do those fantasy ball auctions. You can get you can get you know Tom Brady, but you got to pay you know. Four thousand dollars to get him, or you can get, you know, Case Keenum for seven hundred. How dare you? <laughs> you 
He just got named the starter today. That's what my name was. All right, listen. Again, we can pick. I'm, I'm going Hallop now. Okay. I need I need some depth later because I'm going to go three and zero, oh and you're going to miss <laughs> one, and then I got to close strong to beat you. I'm going to go with Burton's, not because I think she's amazing, wow. but she's playing. I think a wild card or not our qualifier. The girl she's playing is 91 in the world. Is that all? She's played um, 24 matches in her entire career. Man. So, and obviously that's professional matches, but still. Oh, man. It's getting dicey. See, I'm trying to go low. We Neither of us have picked, uh, all, all of our talk, neither of us has picked Serena yet. <laughs> Just throwing it out there. I didn't say Serena was going to dominate. I think um, if there's ever a match Marie's going to be motivated for, it's going to be Knight against Serena. Yeah. Because she could retire after that loss. <laughs> oh, goodness. Who are we going to pick? Man, all right. I'm trying now. I'm trying to pick the lowest possible seed I can pick to get more bonus points, right? Yeah. I'm gonna go. Ooh, yeah. This is gonna be good. <laughs> the 29 seed. Um, this is a risk against Suwei Shea. Let's oh. go. Let's go. That's creativity. Who's she playing? Or who is the 29 seed? Uh, the 29 seed is Suwei Shea. Oh. She's playing, playing a qualifier. Oh, you're picking Shea. I yes. thought you meant you were picking against her. No, are you crazy? I was about to say. She's the bomb. <laughs> right, what's, your, what's your dumb pick? Well, you talked me into it. I'm going to take uh, Barty. Oh, baby. That one's going to hurt she when she cannot lose loses. to that player. 80 uh, in the world. I mean, that's a fair point. All right, so here's what we have. So my first pick... Is Andreescu, yours is Halep, because you went easy in the first <laughs> round, Chomp. And then I've got Sloan, Svitolina as my two. My third, uh, you, I mean, I've got Sloan, you've got Svitolina. My third pick is Kanta, you've got Sevastova. My fourth is Halep, you've got Burtons. And then I round out with a strong, strong pick with Suwe Shea, and you've got a body potty. But, and you're right, though, even though I've been burned for years, I always overvalue the seeds. Every time. I just think, oh, they're seated. They got to be better. Well, what we're going to do, we don't have to do it now, obviously, because everybody be bored to tears, but we're going to go back, or I will, because you don't do anything for this podcast. <laughs> I'm going to go back, and I'm going to look, I'm going to put the ranking by every single player in both draws. And then, unrelated to this fantastic contest, right. I just literally came up with today on the spot <laughs> right now. Um and just see what the differential is on any upsets. Right. So Osaka is the one, and wherever Blinkova is ranked, that might be the biggest. It might not be, though, because you can yeah. have a 5 and a you know 108. Um, and just see what the biggest, I guess, uh, probably there's no reason to look at wins. So just upsets. Yeah. Up in Unseated players, I guess. Well, and the reason it's so hard to predict is because the women's is going to be, obviously the majority of the higher-ranked players are still going to win. But it's just a matter of like that percentage in the women's might be 65%, whereas the men's, it might be 85%. So it just makes it harder to pick the upsets. 99%. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Because, yeah, because guys like going to lose. And yeah. Yeah. They're still ranked. I got it. Oh, goodness. Speaking of those dumb dums, <laughs> anything, what else on the women um, besides that it's going to be a far better tournament? Yeah, I think that. I think we need to reach the point of a little bit more consistency with the player. We need to see some Osaka, Barty, how we need to see those players all making it to the third, fourth round as opposed to just 
every day they're crossing somebody's name off. Mayhem. Just mayhem. Um, I think that's exactly what we talked about earlier, too, is that the, the issue with the women is it's getting way too chaotic. Right. And we can't go too far off the rails or it's as bad as the men being extremely predictable. Uh, so I, I agree with you that number one, I want to see some form hold. I want to see the chalk make it through for the most part. Yeah. Particularly my five that I picked. <laughs> I don't care about yours. Well, and then we get the matchups that we want to see. Because the thing is, in the men's, the reason we don't want to see them is we've seen them 50 times. Right. The, men, the women, we haven't seen Barty Osaka. You know, we haven't seen Serena and Barty. We haven't seen these players Halep and Osaka. I mean, seeing a theme with Osaka's name coming up a lot. She hasn't won anything in a year. That poor thing. But I'd like to see those people play each other so we can really see who's deserving of number one and that kind of thing. Right. Well, you know, on the women's side, we've gone a little bit too far into chaos. Yeah. Um, But it's salvageable still because it's not like you've had 17 number ones. Right. Only 11 or something. (laughs) I don't know how many we had a lot. Yeah. But it hasn't just been, you know, in the other side of the, some of these number ones have won slams within the past, you know, 48 months or whatever, uh, 24 months. So that's, that's part of it too, that, makes it a little it keeps us from the edge of that chaos a little bit well i think and irrespective of their positions on the draw i'm glad you didn't say irregardless i would like to see my old boss he say that all the time not a i'd word. like to see halep osaka bianca and serena again they may not be in four separate quarters but that's who but you if want I could to choose see. the four that right. would be incredible it would be that well one thing we've got still barely is serena as that benchmark and granted she's older she's had a kid she's having physical issues now but she's still certainly a benchmark and so for that reason as long as she's in a draw late everything else that happens in that draw is validated yeah even i'm telling you even if even if uh you know hatching off beats you know all three of the big <laughs> three at the U.S. Open to win it. Right. It's still not validated yet. Right. You know what I mean? It's, it's just kind of a... Well, because look at Del Potro did that. Well... He, beat, he beat two of them, I think. Right. But even, you know, but even beating one of them in a, in a non-slam, it's like, mm, doesn't... It literally means nothing to me. Right. Um, whereas beating one of them in a Grand Slam means what oh no are they getting old are the big three getting old maybe but it certainly it certainly means a lot more when you have to get through the women's draw still and serena is that deciding factor yeah when i saw the dumbest calling out sports illustrated saw the dumbest article a few days ago that said the top they ranked the top 50 nba players five years from now which was dumb because you don't even know who's going to be around five years but but the was Serena if we did list? that for tennis, oh, I see it would be impossible. On the women's side, for sure. Because I, you wouldn't even know who I, was still going to be around. I can name three out of five on the men right now. <laughs> see, it's funny you say that because we did, my friend of mine and I did that about four years ago. We said, who's going to be the top five men on the tour in 2020, at the end of 2020. Right. And neither of us had Federer at all on the list because we said, of course, they're going to be gone. Federer's going to be 38. Nadal's going to be 36. Like, they're going to be long retired. Long And of course, retired. if we took that bet now we would definitely put them in the top five 
and, and obviously Novak too. So I don't know what to think for five years from now, but this is where we should start seeing what happens in this tournament should obviously tell us something about the next five years for men and women. Well, the downside is like I've always said is that the, the end for two of the big three could be a cliff, right? Which then provides us with, I mean, zero closure. The only upside is we, we still have Djokovic right. uh, to sort of be that benchmark that obviously no one can get past. But like I said, on the women's side, even not 100%, she's, Serena is still beating players. Now, you know, seven rounds in a Grand Slam, depending on what the weather is in New York and all the rest of it, I don't know. But, I mean, could Serena win it? I Yes. Right. There, there's no doubt in my mind she could. I, I don't think she's a favorite anywhere near as she has been, you know, in the, in the past four times she's played uh, at, at the U.S. Open. But ultimately, she's still a benchmark even if she's not, oddly enough, it sounds odd. She's To me, she's not a favorite, but she's still a benchmark right. to everybody, if that makes well, sense. Well, and I would say that the reason, part of the reason that we don't think she's as heavy a favorite as before is we actually have a lot of other quality players. That too. Um, whereas before, you know, Serena might have been number six in the world, but the top five were really just hovering around. Well, now the top five have actually won big tournaments and, you know, they have a reason to be top five. Like, yeah. I don't feel like Serena's ranking is inaccurate like it is a lot of times going into this. Like, I feel like 10, 11 is about where she needs to be. Right. Um, and that's where I'd put her. I wouldn't put her at 10 or 11 for the well, list of favorites, but... By the way, I'm glad she didn't decide to have another kid, so we had to listen to the mother-protected ranking, pregnancy <laughs> ranking again this year. Um, but whatever. Yeah, uh, how come it, we haven't heard that from others? What uh, yeah, What else? Um, what else do we need to talk about? I mean, some Americans that are seated. I mean, Kenan, she's had a fantastic summer. And I'm gonna hate if I like Coco, but I'm gonna hate if Coco beats her in the first round. Well, first of all, Coco's still on the comeback. She's right. not, a, you know. Well, that's not, what I mean. That's why I would hate it. And so it would actually ruin. Oddly enough, I'm saying if she loses, if she if Coco beats Coco Vandeweghe, beats Sophia Kenan, it's like then we won't get to see Sophia Kenan's run at the U.S. Open, which is obvious. <laughs> but my point is, if she gets past Coco then I expect a run. Right. Cause we, know? yeah. Well, and also, you know, Coco's not going to make a run. I Very unlikely. Yeah. I agree with that. I mean, anything's possible, but so they would just ruin. It's like when, when a, and that's the reason I don't like to see the top seeded players lose because most of the time, the people they lose to are out the next round or two. Well, certainly in the men, 100%. <laughs> Literally. It's never not happened. I don't think, but that's another issue. So, yeah. um, so Kenan, I think probably to me outside of the Serena, Maria issue or match not issue it's not an issue yet it might be um, I think Kenan to me American wise even with Key's success lately I still think Kenan is more of a she's a steadier would I you just, take her over Stevens hmm and obviously our picks were just for one round not for the tournament yeah that was for first round um hmm the irony is she's finally seated in a slam and then she plays a player who's normally seated first round. <laughs> uh, that's always doesn't sound like a I reward. mean, if she gets far enough, the first seed she's going to play is Cannon. Oh, no, that's Keys. Uh, we were talking about Keys. Yeah. Um, Cannon would play. Yeah. Cannon and Keys would play each other yes. in the third round. So she's got a pretty rough draw. Right. Um, so 
that would be a night match for sure a third round yeah I, yeah i agree and man what a match that would be what a match because they play be. so differently that'd be fun and again i Kenan, i don't think goes away she's just super steady you know competitive and and she does have power I, you know i don't want to act like she doesn't have any power just but playing right. keys it's going to look night and day because keys hits harder than anybody on the planet apparently <laughs> including men um so what was your what was your dumb question oh sloan um Man, I I mean the the seed she's gonna have to play first would be Moogie, right? And I I have zero hope who uh, hope for Garbina. I was gonna say she could none. She'll probably be out before she gets <laughs> exactly. Us. So that would open up a little bit, and then she's gonna play Kavitova, uh, potent, you know, if all the chalk holds, the eleven and the six playing each other. Um, and I kind of don't know what's happened to her the last couple months. I'm gonna guess injury, but she's she's been kind of off the radar. So it, how do I like her chances to what win it all or, or well, no, I'm, I'm just, who would you take right now as your top American? I think Kenan. Yeah. Even, but looking at it, you're right. That draw. I mean, I think Coco is going to be tough because Coco's such a, you know, competitor and right. in your face and all the rest of it. And she can play short points, which is bad for Kenan. Right. Uh, and then, you know, if all the chalk holds, she gets the keys. That's just going to be a tough match overall because keys has been playing well. And then she's on, you know, she's in Svitolina's um, section. And so and then she'd have to play the five seed. Although Svitolina might not, according to you, she'll be there. I don't <laughs> think she may not be uh, in my pick. So, yeah, I, Man, that's a tough draw for Kenan. But at the same time, that's essentially the same draw Keys has. So you'd have to pick one of those if they get past each other. Uh, But yeah, I think maybe Sloan's got an easier road. Yeah. But that might not be great for her. You know, that's the thing. Sloan, there's never an easy road. She'll play three sets regardless. Against you. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, you know, sometimes getting big matches early makes a difference and they're just playing two out of three sets so you don't have that wear and tear like you do that does help as the rounds go on all right are we done with the women i think so which pains me because now we have to talk about <laughs> the big three and all these scrubs yes all right well we'll do that when we come back <laughs> To join the revolution, go to our website, tennisrevolutionpodcast.com to get the latest episodes, email us your questions and comments, or give us show ideas. All right, so is Novak going to win or is he going to win in straight sets? (laughs) What's the verdict on his U.S. Open? Well... Is that it for the men's You said we're section? not going to take predictions, but I'm going to predict Zverev's out in the first two rounds. Um, Hold on. Everybody stop the presses. <laughs> we have to have a meeting with the sports department. Well, I'm not just saying that because it's Zverev, although I am yeah, really, sure but he's playing. He'll play Tiafo or Karlovich second round. And is he the three seed? I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he's the six. Um, he was in the picture and headline of players pursuing the big three at the U.S. Open on their website. I'm like... Why is he even in on his that list? car? <laughs> what do you mean? Why is he on that list? They had Medvedev, Team Zverev, and Tsitsipas, and I'm like, wow. I can understand the other That's three. Awful. Team is debatable, but how could you have Zverev even on the list at this point? That's awful. I would put Batista Agu ahead of him. Totally. 
Well, and I guess they were talking about next generation or whatever, but. Is anyway. there a never generation? <laughs> we, that's one thing. That's we our new hashtag we need. Never gen. Never gen. Uh, I told you my friend calls the lost gen, which I like that too. <laughs> that's pretty good. Um, but no, talk about draw complaints. To me, there's only two people that can complain about the draw and it's Felix and Chapo first round again. Well. Second year in a row. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. And I think it's the third slam. I thought row. you meant tough draws. Yeah. I was gonna, well, definitely that. Seats of Pass and Rublev play each other. That's going to be a, a knockdown drag that out, is. you would think. Um, yeah, I'm worried about that because Tsitsipas is my guy. Kyrgios plays Steve Johnson. I am not 100% sure that Steve Johnson won't let Nick Kyrgios know what he's thinking if Nick Kyrgios... <laughs> Is acting like an idiot. Well, but and Steve Johnson can't do any worse than the last two sets he just played. Uh, That's true. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> we weren't going to talk about that tournament, but that was one of the strangest matches I've ever seen. And it seems like that happens to pair a lot. <laughs> and and here's the odd thing. So you told you texted me unsolicited, which I was surprised, <laughs> first of all, right. about that result. Not caring one bit whether I recorded it, but you yeah. know I don't, so it's fine. And and so I said, well, you know what? Let me try to watch the replay. So I watched the replay and I'm thinking, you know, Benoit, he loses the first set, just no, you know, lackadaisical. I don't know how you say that yeah. in French, but, um, and then I thought, oh, so he's just going to, you know, drink some, uh, you know, Red Bull or something and just get high, fired up and start hitting winners. No. He looked exactly the same in that second set. <laughs> one at six zero, and I'm like, well, "What are you doing?" And and then one he went. So what was the first set? Six one. Yeah. So Stevie Johnson wins the first set six one, and then proceeds to lose zero and zero. I wanted to see that. I was trying to find. I can't find it. I only to find Benoit, that match time. Only Benoit Pair could do that. Yeah. Only wanted, Benoit because that match couldn't have been more than an hour and a half in three sets. Um, I don't know. But uh, yeah, I just kept. I would walk out of the room, walk back, and it'd be three games later. Um, <laughs> yeah. And the third set, I thought, okay, this will be the close set after the first two sets were blowouts. And then it was like, it was immediate. But so the match time overall, you got it. One hour, 23 minutes, and 16 seconds. I mean, that's got to be close to a record. And 16 seconds was just the third set. <laughs> um, not good. So set one. First serve percentage, um, wow, 41% for Stevie Johnson. Gross. <laughs> and a 6-1 winning set. So this was an awful match. Right. Is what I would say. Yeah, that's awful. <laughs> oh, but wow. you were right. His percentage probably didn't go up much, second and third. It didn't. Benoit Paris' first serve percentage in the third set, which he won 6-0, 45%. you got to be kidding me. This is just ridiculous. But that validates what you were saying about him not getting any better. Just Johnson just collapsed yeah he was just chilling he was just laid back does he have so you think he has the determination or whatever word you want to use to deal with curios oh steve i, yeah. I was gonna say i'm sorry determination <laughs> benoit pair um benoit pair will not win a tournament from here i mean any in the future right until he turns his collar down during matches. <laughs> That's my prediction. I don't care about his hair color. He will not win a tournament yeah. as long as he plays that tournament with his collar up. Well, he's won. I uh, said in the future. Let's say it's been working for him. It, well, whatever. <laughs> Luck. But um, 
Now, Kyrgios and Johnson is a match that does give me a little bit. I mean, Kyrgios, I know you hate me when I say this, but any match of his gives me interest. I hate you all the time, so go ahead. <laughs> but the fact that it's Johnson, who I've happened to see in person, that probably makes a difference. But I just like also like the way he plays. Uh, you know, slice backhands, which I can relate to. But I just... I don't know how he can, he can keep it together against Kyrgios. Because Kyrgios can just flip the switch. And I mean to turn the lights off right? Uh, it for any reason. Well, it depends on if his umpire coach is going to be there this year or not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm thinking, I'm thinking the first thing that's going to set Kyrgios off is going to be Stevie Johnson's mustache if he still has it. <laughs> I would tank any match if I had to play against a guy with that mustache. Yeah, I was going to go with a different joke there, but I'll stop myself. Okay, um, I'm glad. But, well, the interesting is you know it's going to be a big crowd Night match. I would think so. In I don't Ameri- know if that helps Kyrgios or not. I don't know that. I don't know that anybody is going to be there to see Stevie Johnson, even though he's an American. And no, but but they may be seeing Kyrgios to root against him. Yeah, great point. Because yeah, I mean you're you're talking about New York City. I mean, yeah. it, he is someone that can turn the crowd against him instantly, or for him, right? Man, that'll be interesting because I think. I think it could just basically just be a uh, just an unassuming match. He goes out there and hits seventy eight right. winners, and it's over in fifteen minutes, and that's it. But um, if Sharapova Serena is a dud, which a lot of people think it could be, that's like the backup. That's our that'll be going option. on at the same time. Yeah, because of course we're going to watch Federer win one, two, and one, and we're going to see every not point. Not me, in that sir. Match. <laughs> not me. I have Directv, <laughs> which I can watch. Well, but that's five the night. Courts. That's the last match, though. Well, it's, there's other matches going on that. Yeah, the first days or so. Oh many. yeah. So but that just kills me. Have fun. I'll be watching uh, Laszlo Dejer against Miramar <laughs> Kazmanovic. Um, so you have fun. And that will be more entertaining than watching Federer. Except the angle of the camera sucks on those outer I courts. Know. Other than that. And the commentary is sometimes either not there or limited. Which is why they need to call us. Totally. Hey, call in if you're interested in us broadcasting a match, commentating a match, because clearly we'd be dramatically better than most. Um, what do we got here? What else do we have? So Benoit Pair, for some ungodly reason, is seated. Um, I know he's moving up. Moving on up. Listen, he, he can beat anybody. He just can't beat anybody. Um, <laughs> That's anybody? a great uh, tagline. So uh, just on the fly. It's like a Fonini. I'm a genius. Same thing. Yeah. Well, those are our two guys connected forever because we picked those two. Who can upset right. the apple cart? Um. I really am actually interested in, this is day two, but Nadal and Millman, and not because I think Millman can win, but I just, he will make, he will battle to the end no matter what. Right. Um, and that's going to be the night match on day two, I think. So, and he, remember he beat Federer there, so he's got to have some level of, he's had a terrible year, but he's got to have some level of confidence, night match, you know, Arthur Ashe. And Nadal has the potential sometimes to not be so great, number one at the US Open and number two early rounds. Like I was watching some of his matches today against from last year against Ketchinoff and team better players, but he had some bad. He lost to team six zero the first set. Right. So he's had some bad, you know, sets in matches at the U.S. Open. Yeah, New York is a different place, man. Night matches change everything. They really do. Um, so one thing we probably shouldn't even bother doing is talking about the Americans. Um, <laughs> it, I mean, it really is night and day. I'm sitting here, th- you know, I'm like, you know, just mouth what? That doesn't sound right. Um. <laughs> Looking at the women's draw, 
Um, and the Americans, it, it, you know, I'm fired up. I'm like, oh, wow, who's going to do better? And, you know, who's going to make it to the fourth or, you know, round or better? And, and I, I actually can look at that with some interest and follow it with, with some interest. Once again, the over-under is how many guys are going to make it out of the first round. How many Americans are going to make it out of the first round at the U.S. Open is a disgusting thought. But unfortunately, that's the number we're looking at. Right. I mean... And what was our, our prediction at... I guess that was the French. Yes. Oh, and and was, I, by the way, breaking news. Did it, where's, our, where's our sound? Raonic, we just withdrew. Who? Because there's a guy in the draw whose name who was on, who was in a seated position but not seated, and I was trying to figure out what happened. Raonic uh, withdrew, so the lucky loser just took his. There place. goes the U.S. Open. I'm not watching now. Well, and and if Sock wins, he was supposed to play Raonic, so now he's got an unseated first two opponents are unseated. This he, is it. He's not winning. <laughs> he's not going to win the first one. But so my question is this: Why? As the USTA, would you give Jack Sock a wild card into singles? Why? You know, I knew they would, first off. I, yeah. My only, as much as we bash Jack Sock, my only acceptable reason is they probably gave wild cards to worse people because they always do, you know, they have like a system for like six people they put in. One right. of them's like the boys 18s national. One of them's you know, right. One of them's, you know, the whoever Juco won their little wild card the, tournament. Um, NCAA winner. Right. And then right. whoever won their little wild card tournament they have. And yep. so I mean I get I I get it, but at the same time, it would be nice if you actually had to do something to get it. Like presently. You know, not, not two, three years ago. Yeah, it's not good. And it's not like he's a draw. I mean no, the opposite, probably. Yeah. He's like a magnet backwards, pushing everybody away. And by the way, if he wins, that doesn't disprove our point. Right. Because um, he's playing, a, you know, an unseated player also. Yeah, I don't, I've never understood that. He, I'm, he, I don't think he's going to win his first round. No, he's, he's he, playing uh, a guy from Uruguay and uh, Pablo Cuevas, Cuevas. I don't think he's going to win that match. And he's been top 40, you know, recently. Yeah, I, I, I saw that. And of course, I expected it. But it's like, I've never gotten it. I, and I actually hate it, to be honest. Even though I'm American, this is going to sound, again, I'm un American this podcast. But why don't we pick the best player available, not the best American available? Which they didn't do either. But uh, you know what I mean. Right. It's like, you or, already get six American wild cards. Why do we need seven? So they get locked in because, like you said, they have the Kalamazoo winner, you know, the college uh, winner. They have uh, trade outs with right. other federations. Slams, which is also bogus, by the way. I don't like that either. That no. really is hugely unfair. It totally is. Hugely unfair because there's only three other places besides the U.S. Right. that have it. So those countries, I mean, by the way, you know who doesn't have a Grand <laughs> Slam that has a dramatic more players? Probably than all three of the other yeah. countries combined? Spain. <laughs> yeah. How about Spain? I mean, who's China, Russia? I mean, any of those more for the ladies, but still. Well, but I'm talking about for the men. Oh, you yeah. know, you're looking at America, nothing. <laughs> right. You know, Australia, mm, curios and a couple others, but nothing, you know. And of course, occasionally we get a great, you know, story like Coco or somebody, but yeah, I've always hated it. 
I mean, and I guess it's not, nobody talks about it because you already get the top 100 players in there anyway. So it's anybody is outside the top 100. So they're not yeah, a factor. But it, but. It's so hard to make it out there that it should be, you. it should just be the law. Matter right. of fact, why do they why do they even have wild cards? Yeah, the only thing they should have is medically protected or the the pregnant you know not for the men the pregnant <laughs> wild card or whatever you call it. I, all these different things and get the best one hundred and twenty. If right. one through one twenty eight, if one through one twenty eight minus the eight wild uh, the eight qualifiers, right? Um, so one hundred twenty, the best one hundred twenty players in order, right, should get in. And if number one pulls out. 121 comes right. in. And I don't think any of either of us have a problem with a qualify if they wild card to qualifying. Because then you got to win three matches to get in. Well, or it's just a qualifying spot. It's yeah, not even a wild right. card. But yeah, yeah, you can leave eight spots for qualifying right. because ultimately part of it is it's not just ranking, of course. It's how are you playing right now? And that's a big right. part of it. I mean, make more people qualify. And Jack Sock doesn't need $50,000. Well, he might, but, <laughs> but some point. of the people they give to, like, I mean, if, if, Martina Hingis said she wanted to play singles a tournament. She'd have been in the draw. Right. you. And no offense, but she shouldn't be. Right. I mean, she doesn't need the money. Right. She's not good enough. Uh, so that, I mean, that, that's the other thing that irritates me about it is you're taking 58,000 away from the number one twenty-one or whatever person that, that it could be. Which is huge. Yeah. Huge when they're trying well, to that's make That's their it. biggest payday for the year for a lot of these first round losers. Oh, for sure. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. And of course we had Goron win the, win Wimbledon as a wild card but again he that was injury related I'm pretty sure that's your era so you know more than me but he was only unseated <laughs> you. he was only unseated because of injury right and like you said that's a different system yeah and I have no problem with that if you have somebody that's legitimately a top 40 top 50 level player right they just don't happen to be ranked right now for whatever reason injury even drug suspension or whatever. I mean, right. once they serve their time, when they're back, they're back. Right. Like, I, I don't like that the French Open didn't give Maria a wild card. Yeah. Sharapova, that is, of course. <laughs> um, you know, because once you've served your suspension, it's done. Yeah. And give, give you, you know, whatever if you're at that level. But because ultimately, it's the goal should be to get the best 128 players to compete for the biggest event, the biggest tournament in the world in tennis. And, I can justify eight wild card spots, i.e., the best 128 players, right. because again, there is something to be said for what's the difference between 128 and 129. Well, we'll find out in qualifying, right? So to speak. I mean, it doesn't work out exactly like that with the math, but you know. So well, yeah, and their justification probably is, you know, there's we want to reward up and coming players. We want to get players that have a you know, interest that generate interest with the fans, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. But give a wild card into the two fifty six draw of qualifying. <laughs> yeah. Start qualifying in January for all I care. Because again, if if Hingis is good enough to be in the main draw, she's gonna go roll through qualifying. Right. And if she's not, and then you get way more interest in her qualifying. Which listen, you don't have now. The men's qualifying's two out of three. Yeah. It's not and if you're relying on I mean it's not the same as just showing up on the first day. I get that. Right. But it's not three out of five. You're not killing these people. But also if you're relying on someone who's outside, not ranked in the top hundred and twenty five to boost interest in your tournament, that's not a good sign. <laughs> like if Jack Sock is the reason people are coming to your tournament, then there's a problem with your tournament. Right. As a matter of fact, so I would say that the interest in the US Open is better when people know we are trying to make sure every spot in this draw is filled with the best possible players right. 
bar none. Yeah. Not some junior the French didn't want in their dumb tournament <laughs> because they know they suck. Ah, give them the U.S. Open walk over. Right. Stick them in the U.S. Open and see what happens. Yeah. Um, it, it, the perception, and, and listen, nobody even cares about this but tennis people. So we're, we're barking up a... A tree with no leaves? Well, I don't know. And the percentage of wild cards that make it out of the second round is probably 2%, 3%. I mean, Coco made third round. Right. Um, I mean, the, the percentage is so low, it's it's insane. So they don't add anything to the draw. Well, wait, Coco qualified. Oh, that's right. She got in the qual, but she got, yeah, she had to get a wild card to qualifying. Which is fine. Right. I have no, and we have no problem with that. Because you, you may not have enough data on somebody to find out how good they are relative to the competition. Well, I, I have a way to find out. Have them play. <laughs> right. Hey, what do you know? And have right. them qualify. Yeah. Um, and people act like it's an insult to get a spot in qualifying. Oh, it's huge. You know, I'm like, I don't get that. Yeah. Um, I've never understood that. Because yeah, everybody asks for wild cards and then some of them get it, some of them get in qualifying. By the way, there are people that don't qualify for qualifying, you right. do realize. And so clearly the person getting a wild card into qualifying needed that because they didn't qualify for qualifying <laughs> right so i but again if we had our system where every grand slam had a series that would be part of the process as well because you could get a wild card into atlanta or you know whatever the first what was the first tournament atlanta uh, uh whatever yeah. let's let's just call it that for because it doesn't matter but you know you get a wild card into qualifying for atlanta you qualify go into the draw win a couple of rounds now you're in the business. Now you you know you may be able to get straight into the next one or whatever. Oh, and by the way, I don't mind wild cards or tournaments like that. You've got local colleges. You've got you know. Well, that so one thing is the U.S. Open doesn't need that's higher attendance. Right. Have you tried to ride the seven train <laughs> uh, out to Flushing Meadows? It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um. And so, a local tournament like Atlanta, of course, they need things like that for the the popularity of the tournament to, yeah. to get people to come out so they've got some other concerns but you're right it's like that is sort of the proving ground that u.s open series if it, they did it the way we wanted to do it would be the proving ground to get to the u.s open for some for some it's proving ground to be the one seed or whatever uh etc but yeah well, uh, i would argue that the reason coco was so big is because she made it through qualifying if she would have just been a random teenager that got a wild card, nobody would have paid. That happens every tournament. Right. Like we have, I'm sure we have 16, 17 year olds in this tournament that are wild cards that nobody's saying anything about. Because what did everybody talk about? Oh, she won the last, right. her last match in like two and one of yeah. qualifying. This is It was amazing. because they, she was generating buzz every round. And again, it made more interesting qualifying. It's never been done before, except right. for the last 19 <laughs> times it was done since 2017. That was pretty funny. Um... But yeah, so I am in agreement with you again. We got to stop this. It makes for a boring <laughs> it does. podcast. It doesn't. This podcast is awesome. Um, so we went off on a tangent to basically stall talking about the fact that the big three are going to be in the semis. I know. And the interesting thing is, well, here's what this is always the topic. And one, it's how far are they going to go? But two, it's going to be who is it? Who's going to be the farthest or furthest person under 25. You tell me. You're the English major. Which one <laughs> is furthest? Um, furthest is distance? No, furthest is like a concept. Farthest is distance. Like near and far. Oh, so an actual distance. Yeah. So if Djokovic goes the distance in a five-setter, that's not length. No. All right. 
But again, that's probably wrong, but that's who cares. It sounded convincing. Hey, my seventh grade English teacher, if you could call in <laughs> and uh, clear that up. But who do you see under 25 making it to the quarters to or, the, or do they to the quarters to the semis? I would say, of course not. Team made quarters last year, just for the record. So Djokovic Nadal are on the opposite side. So those are the Again. two. That's the top and bottom semi. In my mind, in top and bottom quarter, obviously. And Federer's in the Djokovic's half yet again. Right, but he's in the bottom half of Djokovic's top half. Right. So it, it, he won't see him till the quarters, but he'll be in the quarters. Um, so the section without the big three has Tsitsipas and Felix. No, Federer will see him in the, um, in the semis. Yeah. So... I don't know anybody's age, so I don't care. Um, well, you know what I mean. The people that are young talked yeah. about. Man. You've got Felix, Chapo, and Tsitsipas are all in the section that they wouldn't have to beat a big three to make the semis. Well, I'll tell you this. If you say big three and you say Federer and Nadal, I say, mm, I don't care. I think either of those could lose on the way at this point because I'm not, I'm, oof, I'm worrying about them. I'm starting to worry about their age. Oddly enough, they're top three, but whatever. When Medvedev would play Djokovic in the quarters. Who, from what I understand, has beaten him a time or two. And everybody's two, talking about twice. him, and most people that I know think he's going to lose in the first two rounds. Yeah. Well, because he's not playing Djokovic in the first Right. Round. So, um, let's see. How far do you think an older player like Nishikori is going to get? Well, Nishikori actually has a really good draw. He does. Um, so he would have to beat Chorich in the round of 16, which should be no issue. Right. So that puts him in the quarters. Against Federer. Right. I mean, I don't... Even though he uh, made the US Open final so long ago. He's got enough injury issues that he's not a player I worry... I, I'm worrying about Federer against a younger guy. Right. Just physically. Not tennis-wise. Not from the neck up. Um but as usual, Federer has the dream draw like he has every slam. It's fixed. Uh, <laughs> so if... So you don't see Federer... I mean, hey, Pui is not a nothing, right? Uh, yeah, but... I mean, listen. That's just not the kind of player that he loses to. I hate to say it, but he's French. I mean, <laughs> I don't hate to say it. I like to say it, actually. Yeah, where is Gasquet in this draw? Never heard of him. Your, he, your other Frenchman. He's the only Frenchman. He's my favorite because he brings... <laughs> Heat. Oh, he is playing Berrettini. So he's going to lose, but <laughs> he's going to bring it, and he'll be super sweaty. Oh, Kyrgios is also in that Tsitsipas section. So, all right, so uh, who is going to make it? So Djokovic will be in the quarter. You've got, you actually have all the young guns are in the same section. Who is it going to be? So is Medvedev... Medvedev. I'm just I'm not trying to say it Russian. I'm American. So is Djokovic going to play Medvedev? Is he going to make it that far? No. He's not going to get got by Fritz. Fritz isn't going to make it that far, is I he? I know. That's the what? problem. Is he doesn't have he doesn't have anybody that you, sh- you would think he would lose to before we Djokovic. Have, we have to make picks based on who we're least not comfortable with. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, honestly. I mean, Fritz might not get past Lopez, but he might because Feliciana is old. But that's a pretty no-name section of the draw. I mean, I I have no trust in K.A. He's just coming back. So good for him. And that's, I guess, I'm assuming that's some kind of protected ranking situation. But, I mean, 
You got Stan. You got. I mean, yeah. Uh, Djokovic has a. He's got a tougher tough section of the draw for sure, but that's if those guys make it there. Right. Yeah, man, I mean, man, man. So Stan and Djokovic in the fourth round. I that could easily happen. Yeah, that could easily happen. I don't think Ka is going to make it far. And that's and, always interesting because every time they've played, Djokovic has been the favorite. Even the times Warinka has won. Right. So you got Fonini. I think I. I mean, can Fonini get past Opelka? Because I don't think he's going to have excited about that. I am too. Because Opelka is going to drop six foot eleven bombs on him, but. He doesn't care, you know, and I think he's cagey and wily enough uh, to to deal with it. So I, I think Fabio, if he gets past Opelka, he's coasting. I think he's co- man. I think I think Fonini's going to be in the quarters against Djokovic, and that would be interesting because I mean nobody so else has to beat Medvedev in the uh, round of sixteen. Yeah, if he's there, right? If he's there, we don't know. One again. We want to give Medvedev credit, but he's done. He hasn't done this in three out of five. Right. He's bigger. You know, that's just it's just different. Right. And we and we've proven that you know year after year. That's why we all had so much faith in Tsitsipas because he did a lot in three out of five. Right. And now he's floundering in the two out of threes. So again, it always boils down to who can beat the big three. How do you feel about Nadal's chances? I mean. His, the first seed he's going to face is Verdasco, and I'm pretty sure he's been been beating him <laughs> since they were four. Right. Um, then it's maybe hatching off. And they had a real tough Z- match last year. Zverev is not going to be there. No, definitely not. And then teams in the top half or the bottom half. Yeah, it's so, funny because it would actually be the same. It would be... Uh, I'm calling it pairs doing it. Or no, team. Yeah, it could be Nadal catching off and team again, which is what he had to play last year. But yeah, I don't see anybody. Isner and Nadal would actually be the most interesting fourth round to me. If he can get out, I mean... No, I know. You, you got Chilich in there, which who knows? That's I mean, what I'm saying. Nadal's got all the floaters in his section that if they get on a roll... Right. And they're the style of players that he hates, too. Right. Except Schwartzman. <laughs> yeah, he loves that. Um, yeah, so it's only unpredictable in regards to... Who are the big three going to play? And are they going to be in a position where they're playing well? Because just because you get to Nadal, again, like you always say, beat somebody, but then you lose the next round. Right. I mean, that happens more times than I care to account, including beating a big three. Yeah. But even not, you know, upsetting somebody that's not a big three, you still end up, you know, these guys still end up losing in the next round. Well, I, I, I fear this is going to be one of those tournaments where. We're real excited one day, and then we're kind of the bottom. The, the bottom day. falls right, out, like we had the other tournament, because right because could lose early. We talked about Kyrgios could lose at any time. Teams Zverev, so then you're just gonna have Nadal on that half, and that's it. Uh, and then Serena, Djokovic, Federer all on the same playing on the same day, right? So I feel like all the star power is gonna be on one day. Well, the bottom line is Djokovic has to win, and I'm claiming the Grand Slam because of the win <laughs> at the French. I don't count the French because of the win. Who plays in that kind it's of win? Be another, they're going to be talking about Joker Slam again for the third time. They should have stopped the match because of the wind. It was 30 mile an hour wins. It was ridiculous. <laughs> and what has team done since that tournament? Literally nothing. As always. Except for winning that his home tournament or whatever it was. Because no, everybody else is yeah, at the hard on clay. 
All right. So, of course, as usual, we gave not a lot of love to the men's draw. Don't, <laughs> don't care because it doesn't deserve it. I'll, I'll start talking about the men's draw when we hit the quarters. Yeah. Um, because That's what, ironically, is sometimes happens now. I mean... Yeah, next week, that episode will be about more about the men's draw right. than this week's. Because it'll be all the players we expected... For the most part, the, well, a little bit. That'll be the key. Right. The big three, are they there or is one of them missing? Otherwise, it doesn't matter. And so. see, what's funny is most people would say if they're there, that makes the second week more exciting. I would say if they're all three there, it's a less exciting. <laughs> right. Um, but Right. So knows? we're hoping all, basically, Djokovic is all we need. <laughs> and I don't even like him or yeah. his Lego hair. All right. Anything else? I think that's it. Good. Good, as usual. So... <laughs> um, we will basically just be huddled in front of our TV for a week, rocking and rolling, hoping for some good tennis. Uh, well, we're going to have some on the women, hoping for some good tennis on the men. And uh, and then we'll get after it next week, talking about what transpired, how, how much we were actually right, <laughs> as usual. How many of those players we listed are left. Yes. All right. Exciting. U.S. Open starts tomorrow, or if you're listening to this on Monday, today. <laughs> and uh, we're looking forward to it. All right, that's it. Instagram, of course, follows. We're up to 122, as I mentioned at the open there. Uh, thanks to uh, At The Net Podcast. Go check them out. Find them. And, uh, and of course, find us first. Tell your friends about us first. <laughs> then tell your friends about At The Net Podcast. And, uh, and until next time, thanks for joining the revolution. Bye, guys. Maria, you better be careful out there. <laughs>